Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for those who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast via the Believe Podcast Network. As always, appreciate you being with us and uh, making the Believe in Sports Law podcast the number one sports law podcast in the world. So today, for episode 35 of season three, we have a Wonderful show talking about NFTs, the digital original of things. So NFTs, uh, as you may know, is uh, a non-fungible token. And it's something that's been sort of all the rage, uh, sort of in the press and um, people talking about it on social media. And it's been something that a lot of businesses have done. I, I think on the, and we'll get into what they are, we've on this show, we've talked about them previously. We had Wally Crittenden, who um, leads a college athletic department uh, in terms of uh, their NFT use and has been really at the forefront. We had him on the show a while back and uh, at a uh, smaller uh, Texas school uh, where he was talking about uh, NFTs and the growth of those things. And then um, we've uh, also written some columns about this, but I think ultimately on the, the sort of low side for NFTs, what you're really talking about is this is just, just an additional revenue source for businesses. I think on the high side, uh, if you were to bet sort of big and large, uh, you might say that NFTs are the future. And you could say that, um, you know, it's really sort of this idea of creating a metaverse, which we've also talked about, a digital metaverse like um, similar to the uh, Steven uh, Spielberg movie, Ready Player One, where people basically um, spend you know, most of their time in a metaverse versus in the physical uh, reality. So I think you know, through all of this, I think there's also some talk about you know, explaining the differences between virtual reality and augmented reality. And I think that uh, if we're looking, we talked about this recently, Reebok's use of an app to augment your uh, physical environment to um, allow folks to use their phones through the app, through an app to essentially create a basketball court out of uh, local things around you. So if you're in an alleyway or you're in a park or, um, you know, somewhere where maybe there might be, um, you know, trash or garbage or, you know, things like that outside of like a business, um, you know, depending on sort of where it's at, sort of, sort of the first thing that comes to mind is an alleyway. But 
But as you've got that, and maybe use the app to sort of scroll around and say, oh, you know, we've got, you know, a basket here that we can cut a hole in, or we've got, um, you know, a pole that we can hang this basket on, you know, things like that to where you're using augmented reality. And then, um, you know, even if you look at the Pokemon Go stuff, uh, that was augmented reality. And I think there's uh, a lot of people in sort of the entertainment media sports industry who are really high on that. They're really high on the idea of uh, using augmented reality versus virtual reality, because with augmented reality, um, you're sort of combining both physical and digital, and you're not having to necessarily, you know, put on a large helmet, so to speak, to some sort of contraption to, you know, enter into a virtual world. And I don't know if anybody listening has ever sort of put on one of those virtual reality uh, type helmets or been in sort of a virtual reality type uh, machine or what have you, but it's it's one of those things where um, it can be clunky, it can be big, and I think sometimes you have a tendency um, to sort of maybe lose your balance or you know uh, uh, hit a physical object near you uh, if you're playing something. But I think with the uh, augmented reality, it's a little bit different where you're using sort of physical space. But, you know, again, that's just where the current market is now. You know, we'll see where this goes. But I, I bring that up because NFTs really play in that space, too, where you're talking about, um, you know, digital reality, uh, augmented reality, and NFTs being these non-fungible tokens where uh, you're essentially um, selling an original image of something. And uh, this has expanded into fashion. It's expanded into music. Uh, it's really sort of uh, grown into um, a really big thing, and I think it's continuing to grow. So when we look at non-fungible tokens, uh, if we look back a little bit, we can sort of look to the NBA or the National Basketball Association with its creation of Top Shot, and which was essentially taking a digital image of, uh, of a broadcasted game of a player shooting or something like the player shooting a basket or uh, passing the ball or what have you, and then selling that image as an original image through um, some sort of platform like OpenSea, uh, where you're selling that and then making a profit on it. Um, and then sometimes they're creating more than one original image. Uh, sometimes it is just one. Uh, and then essentially they're, you know, uh, either giving that image to somebody or giving them a license to it what have you, but uh, it's created a, an additional market to sell content. And uh, Top Shot is really, I think, credited with sort of uh, jump, jump-starting this, particularly in the sports space, and now it's expanded. And um, I can conceivably see, you know, films doing NFTs. Um, you know, obviously there's a music aspect to it, uh, and not with just the digital image, but also with uh, the digital copy of a song. So maybe it's a piece of a song or what have you. So, uh, but since then, uh, you know, I think there was originally just a huge craze on the market for NFTs that has uh, somewhat subsided uh, and maybe even better, uh, better said, uh, receded to the mean, right? I think, you know, customers have shown their interest and their value of NFTs, uh, which is really reflected in the market size and price. I think for the most part, you're going to have people who are interested in collectibles that are going to be interested in NFTs. Um, unless NFTs become more mainstream, you know, let's say that 
all of a sudden we ran out of paper. We could no longer could print things or paint on things, um, you know, and sell traditional images that way. Uh, then maybe NFTs take over. Uh, there has been some calls on the sustainability issue when you're talking about NFTs because they do take up so much um, power when it comes to computer space and that sort of thing. But I think that's part of the development. I think ultimately we're going to require blockchain chain technology for a lot of different things and um, because of the security aspect and because of the ways that blockchain technology make uh, verifying uh, things that much easier. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. So I think making that investment now will uh, help us with the uh, sustainability issues down the road. But that's been the one call out so far. Uh, I think um, I sort of hearken back to um, the, uh, uh, the movie with Jeremy Irons. And I think it was a uh, margin call where, um, you know, he gives that, that great speech uh, where he sort of talks about, um, you know, basically people being willing and able buyers and talking about they were selling the mortgage stuff and not to compare the mortgage with NFTs, but I think at the end of the day, if you have something and somebody's willing to buy it, right? And I think with NFTs, it's there's been some calls of people saying, well, what is an NFT? It's a digital image and I can just look up the image on Google. I think the point is, is that just as you would have, let's say, a Mickey Mantle or Babe Ruth original baseball card or a Honus Wagner baseball card, right? As there's been some stuff in the press on that recently, then you might have that. But then I think what it's saying is, okay, well, now I have a digital copy of this and I'm the only one who has the original digital copy because it has, you know, the stamp on it because it has, um, you know, uh, the original serial number and I'm the only one that has this and I'm the only one that can sell it. So it's just a digitalization of a physical asset, right? And when you think about it in that context, uh, the world of NFTs can really be anything. So, uh, but I think the market is somewhat correcting and sort of, or, or sort of receding to the mean, if you will. Um, I think that, you know, it's interesting with NFTs because it's essentially, a, a, it's a mix between digital collectibles and cryptocurrency. And, and I think understanding in that context helps out because I think there's even at times where you're, you're purchasing NFTs with cryptocurrency and, you know, again, cryptocurrency is really starting to uh, enter into um, really the mainstream as well. And we're seeing a lot more uh, deals being done where, you know, we had uh, the umpires, major league umpires union get sponsored by FTX, which is a, a, a cryptocurrency trading platform. Uh, we've had, uh, stadiums be named, what is it, the uh, California Golden Bears, the um, uh, UC Berkeley, uh, their stadium has now been sponsored, I think, by FTX as well. So, and again, I think the main point being here is that blockchain technology is used to protect both collectibles, digital collectibles like NFTs and cryptocurrency, uh, which helps maintain their integrity and individuality. And it's really that individuality that gives NFTs uh, their value. Um and I think with cryptocurrency, it's that blockchain technology that gives them uh, their security, right? Uh, and uh, the ability to sort of say, yes, this is, uh, you know, actual cryptocurrency that I own and I control, right? And I think from a, um, an efficiency standpoint, it takes out the middleman. Uh, there's a lot of things where you can just go direct to consumer, purchase something directly from an owner. There's nobody in the middle. Uh, this is even highlighted in the name, image, and likeness issues, 
when you're talking about, let's say, a deal with like Opendoors and them having partnerships with Twitter and then Twitter having partnerships with Nike or Jordan brand. And so student athletes just, just go straight to the platform of Opendoors, sign up and do a deal uh, with Nike and promote uh, through Twitter. So I don't know if all deals are going to be done that way. I doubt that. I still think there's going to be some middlemen and, and folks sort of brokering deals, which I think uh, makes sense in many ways, because you need good representation, you need good advice. But I think these platforms do help to maintain integrity and visuality, security, uh, and they do make things potentially cheaper and uh, quicker. So I, I think in sort of expanding the NFT world, the beauty of a digital collectible is that can really be anything, um, especially where the only requirement is that an NFT is a digital picture of original item owned by someone. So, you know, the cost behind, again, blockchain technology can really be the only hindrance here. Um, it's the largest expense, you know, just in the sense that you have to have a platform, you have to create the uh, server space, what have you, to maintain blockchain technology. Uh, but the NFT is, is licensed or purchased by someone. Um, and then it's just, again, the original is owned, retained by the owner. So... But I think the point of an NFT is that the essence of is, is the essence of an NFT, NFT is that it is rare, and then it's therefore increases its intrigue and value, right? It's just the digitalization of a physical asset, and then selling it for a profit. Now I think again the market for NFTs is ever expanding because people who own the originals of things are finding that selling a single or multiple uh, digital copies can be very profitable. Uh, and at the very least, it's just another market to tap into, but it also offers an opportunity for people to share in a piece of art or a collectible with another, right? And I think, you know, imagine, for example, we gave the NBA example earlier, you have a copyrighted broadcast that's going to be owned by the NBA and by the teams, right? Depending on what league you're in and what deal you have, but the NBA is not going to give that up. They're going to license it to a network or a streamer to broadcast the games or stream the games. But taking a picture of that is also still owned by the NBA or the player or the team, but then they can sell it as an NFT. It's an additional way to get involved, additional way to make a profit. Um, and again, to highlight this point, NFTs are you know the foremost an opportunity to profit from an existing thing. Uh, but again, it's a unique way uh, to share in something um, you know, and to own a piece of something. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is like Green Bay's um, selling of stock certificates. You know, I mean, in one way, they, they're, they're realistic, but in another way, they're not going to be stockholders in the sense of uh, telling the Green Bay Packers how to run the team or what to invest in uh, other than on social media and complaining about or arguing about uh, certain play of players or that sort of thing. So, um, but I think that it's NFTs to a point are saying, you know, hey, we have this digital original, uh, we have a serial number, we have blockchain technology, whatever it is, we have the stamp of approval. And it's just another way for folks to collect things and share and things. And then eventually you can have a portfolio of things that you can sort of share and that sort of deal. But um, again, the market is going to depend on that. Some people are going to be, you know, embrace the digital collectible and others are not. Uh, but we're definitely seeing this expand into fashion and music, as I mentioned earlier. And you've got uh, fashion brands that are creating gifts and other um, uh, opportunities for NFTs. 
music is doing it not only from the standpoint of, let's say, a picture of an album, uh, but um, a digital copy of an album cover, but it's also this idea of creating a digital music stock market. People can, uh, fans and other investors can own a piece of the music and retain royalties. Um, but the blockchain technology can also remove the middleman and allow artists to have direct contact with their listeners and fans and um, to essentially get paid directly for people licensing or using their music. So, um, you know, again, this whole idea of albums as artwork and digital listening, um, you know, have really become a thing now. And now you have where you can even purchase, uh, there's been NFTs of a song, say, you know, here's a digital original of a song. So again, I think NFTs are really in, an introduction to what buying and selling, thing, selling things might look like in the future. And we've talked about that in the past of what a metaverse might look like, the sort of augmented digital reality um, that we seem to engage more and more in, particularly as we work from home. So I think, you know, with NFTs, as with anything in any new market and any buying and selling of any item, there's an issue of management validity and security, right? So when someone buys an NFT, the purchase, the person purchasing that NFT wants to make sure the NFT is indeed valid and can be proven to be what it says that it is. Um, the sort of physical idea of this would be, um, you know, you see these sort of the pawn stars and uh, the, all this sort of pawn broker, pawn shop um, uh, shows that we see on TV, right? And this idea that, you know, somebody goes in and says, oh, I've got this item and I want to have it appraised and proven that it's real, right? And this, this is just doing that in the digital sense um, of saying this is sort of proven to be what it is. There may be some physical aspects to that too in terms of on the back end, but ultimately somebody is buying a digital asset. And uh, of course, when you're talking about the digitalization of things, uh, it increases ownership in the sense that somebody could own the original physical item, but then also somebody could own the original digital item. I think partially this brings up a lot of copyright issues too, right? And who owns what and who can do what with what, but um, uh, at the very, the very least, it opens up an opportunity for additional profit, additional opportunities for people to own a piece of something or a digital copy of something. So I think, uh, you know, really in closing uh, with investments in technology growing, um, there was an article recently that Samsung was investing, I think $200 billion into continuing to grow their um, chip production and uh, technology related to that, I think combined with the name, image and likeness opportunities in college and high school athletics where appropriate and where allowed I think create more opportunities for NFTs. I think the sports betting explosion has really created more interest in sports. I think that uh, again, cryptocurrency is beginning to really show uh, its face when it comes to entertainment and sports partnerships. And of course you have platforms like OpenSea uh, where you can sell NFTs, which are really sister platforms to places like FTX where you can uh, buy and sell cryptocurrency. So, we're seeing the digitalization of really everything. And now where digitalization was initially to do with content and, and streaming and putting content online and that sort of thing. Now we're really seeing digital, uh, physical assets becoming digital and in a way to turn those into collectibles or what have you, or tradable items. But uh, that's currently where the market is now. Um, but you know, overall, again, NFTs are really just the digital original of things. 
And so I think when looking at it in that context, um, the uh, market um, is substantial and, uh, and has the ability to continue uh, to grow. So again, folks, really appreciate listening in. This has been episode 35 of season three of Believe in Sports Law. I'm your host, uh, Jeremy Evans. Always appreciate you listening in and uh, making the Believe in Sports Law podcast the number one sports law podcast in the world via the Believe Podcast Network. And this episode has been brought to you by uh, Bet Online. Thank you so much and have a wonderful week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube